Hello, welcome to the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple. This week's episode is our 90th episode, and it will mark the conclusion of our season two before we go on hiatus for season three. If you would have told me when we first started doing this podcast that we would be entering into a third season and would have produced 90 episodes in two seasons, I I don't even know how I would have processed that information. I am so grateful to all of the artists of season two who have given of their time, energy, resources, tools, dispelled information or misinformation, were open and vulnerable and had deep heart conversations so that all of us listening could continue growing and expanding. And to you, dear listener, who has continued to show up week after week so that we can have these conversations with you. This is a community together, and gosh, am I grateful that you are a part of it. So I'm going to ask a favor. Can you please go onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review? I cannot begin to express how much this matters. It matters so, so much in podcast land. And you leaving a five-star review or sharing what this podcast means to you or an episode that impacted you, that goes such a long way and makes such a difference for us. If that feels like too much of an ask, I would love for you to take your favorite episode or this episode and send it to a family member, a friend, somebody in the industry who you think would love to listen to it as well. Basically what I'm asking, and asking is not my favorite thing to do, is for you to share this podcast via review, via your community, via your friends, what have you. Thank you in advance. And now, in our final episode, I talk to Helen Laser about audiobook narration, and she shares her journey that brought her to the world of voiceover and audiobook work. We talk about the evolving landscape of the industry, the importance of home setups, and the supportive audiobook community. Helen provides valuable advice on creating a comfortable recording space and at-home studio, choosing affordable equipment, and what skills and software are needed. We share tips for getting started on various platforms, leveraging resources, and taking classes for aspiring narrators. This episode is packed with actionable tips and advice for those aspiring to carve their paths in the worlds of audiobook narration and voiceover. Enjoy. Hello, Helen Laser. Hi. Hello, Jennifer Apple. What's up? It's so good to have you in this space. It's so nice to see you. I know. Um, for anybody who's tuning into the YouTube, you can see that Helen is in like the most decked out soundproofed oh, booth yeah. we got which carpeting is foam beyond <laughs> yeah no it's really impressive which is literally why you're here to talk um for this whole conversation but before we even dive in um who are you today today i'm a woman now i'm i'm a lady and uh i'm an actor of all different kinds the kind we're going to focus on today is audiobooks but i do all kinds of voiceover theater film television um i just like doing it it's great <laughs> You're you're a human with like the many the many hats and I feel like every hat you put on actually is a very visually different hat. You know like there's some people who like sure, yeah. they have many hats but it's just like the same hat but kind of just like maybe a different like skew of it. Oh, yeah, I, I got, feel like yours is you know, yeah, crazy hat, straw mm-hmm. hat, big feather. We got all of them. Yeah, yeah many that's facets. kind of Exactly. I really feel that for you which makes my heart really happy. Um I 
have been a fan of your work from afar, but also, I mean, at this point, we've been in each other's spheres because of undergrad overlap, despite not overlapping same years for yeah. years. I've said years way too many times at this point. Um, okay. But it, it there's holds- so many años. Listen, they'll keep going. They'll keep going forever, hopefully. Um, And I just, I feel like you are the epitome of somebody who has really put the nose to the grind and made it happen for yourself without waiting for permission, frankly, from other people and also waiting for like the rule book or like something to fall from the sky. Um, And the hustle, especially in the voiceover land of it that you have is really um, admirable. And I'm just really pumped to have you in the space to kind of unpack all of it. I'm curious just from like starting point so that we can kind of then get into the weeds of it all. Like how did you get into voiceover world, audiobooks specifically, but generally what made you interested in this as a particular medium of expression? Um, and where did you start? Uh, sure. So actually, I found um, a little journal that I had as a kid where I wrote like it was like it had prompts where it'd be like, mm-hmm. what, you know, what kind of house do you want to live in when you grow up or what kind of this, you know, like 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 the like mash, like that thing we used to do. Of, as yeah, kids. But it was like okay. a journal that you could like enter, you know, you could draw a picture and write your response. Yeah, yeah. And it was sort of like little little prompts, like the 2000s version of like manifesting, basically. Amazing. And so and I wrote in it, I, it was something along the lines of like, I want to do the voices in cartoons. I want to teach and I want to act. And I was like, yeah. well, uh, yeah. that's what I'm doing. So it worked out well. But um, so I always wanted to act. I was always really interested in that. I started with musical theater and then swiftly was like, mm, I mm, maybe not like I, I like certain kinds of musicals, but maybe not the ones where you have to have 12 years of ballet. And mm-hmm. uh, and then when I graduated from school, I've always been in kind of a position where finances are something that I need to be concerned about and think about mm-hmm. um, from growing up to now. It's just it's always, you know, if you know, you know, it's always on the back burner. It's always something you're thinking about. And I basically just kind of heard from people that a really great way to make money as an actor is to do commercials and to do voiceover. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, hear about that. So I I talked to another Muhlenberg grad, uh, George Primavera. I was like, basically like, can we sit down for a coffee? Can we chat? And he was, you know, the best. And we were, you know, friends and everything, but it, you know, you don't have to sit down and chat with people, you know, and, and he really took the time. And I was like, I know you're doing voiceover. How, how does one do this? And, and he gave me really great advice. He pointed me towards a coach who I ended up working with, who I, you know, I swear by that's where all of my training began with voiceover. And she is mm-hmm. truly the reason why things kicked off the way they did and why. May I ask the way who that did. is? Yes. Uh, her name is Dorian Elliott. She mm-hmm. rules. Um, she, uh, is just, she really like, she won't take less than your best, which I really Mm. appreciate. Like, she won't just be like, um, that was good. You know, like, she'll be like, that's not it. Let's do it again. And, Mm -hmm. um, and she, she really, she was an incredible coach, coached me through everything. Uh, I, you know, got my demo done and she coached me through that as well. And, um, and she was the reason I got my first agent. And from there, like, the the nice thing was so again you know if we're talking about money i was very nerve nervous because you know 
coaching is expensive. It just is yeah. because when you're paying for someone's time, you're paying for their time, their expertise, them coming up with a lesson plan for you for all the resources they have, the many years of experience. Like you're not just paying for someone like fixing your toilet, you know, you're paying for yeah. the tools and everything that they have to offer you. So, you know, like she, she, charges an amount that is fair. But for me, I was scared because it was a lot for me yeah. as someone with like no money. You know, I just graduated yeah. from school. I was living in my parents' house, which was very, mm -hmm. very lucky. Um, so I basically was like, okay, do I work every freaking minute and spend hmm. almost everything I have on this coach who I don't know if it'll work out or not? Mm. I take the chance. And I, I had to think about it for months. Like I really sat and yeah. thought about it for a while because it was a huge decision, a huge financial mm -hmm. decision that I had never had to make before. But I decided, okay, let's do it. Hopefully it'll work out. And I was really glad it did because right before, <laughs> right before I uh, did that, um, the demo record, which is expensive, it, you know, it was, mm -hmm. I think it's probably different now, but at the time it was like $1,300. Wow. for like two minutes of audio but you know yeah. it's at a really great recording studio everyone who's mixing it is like at the absolute top of their field and it sounds incredible so like it's mm -hmm. like I talk about it like headshots you know like you wouldn't get yeah. your best friend to take your headshot unless they are a professional photographer and they've got a good right. camera you wouldn't use a selfie as a headshot sometimes mm -hmm. you have to make the investment so anyway before I even recorded my demo to like go out in the world and be like hello agents I want you to choose me <laughs> <laughs> um, I got an audition from um, a casting director, Jody Kipperman, who she brings me in a lot for on camera stuff. But she was like, hey, you do voiceover, right? And I was like, you know, not believing in myself at all. But I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Years experience. Well, I've been taking these classes. So, you know, whatever. I'll give it a try. She was like, great uh, audition for this and booked it. First audition I ever did. Um, it paid. What was for, it for? It was for OGX shampoo, okay. um, and it was and it was like internal. It never even aired, but it was for a bunch of different spots. So it paid for all of the classes I had done wow. and the demo before I even did it. And I was like, well, you know what? No matter what happens, I will come out even. Wow. So even if I never book anything else, which you know, like spoiler, I did. But you know, even if <laughs> nothing else happens, I came out even. Yeah. And then I went from there. Wow. And, you know, did I book everything I ever auditioned for? No, that was incredibly yeah. lucky. But it was this really great moment of like, maybe I can like do this. Maybe yeah. I have what I need. I have the tools. I well, you had affirmation kind of before the gate even opened. You yeah. were just like already in the mix of it all. And then you had the audition and then you booked that audition. And then it's like, oh, I clearly have something going on, yeah. on over here without me even knowing what it is. Yeah. So I imagine that was an ego boost to even start. I mean, well, and it, it was <laughs> you know. better even than any, you know, any teacher or any mentor or any friend being like, you're great at this. You can do it. It was yeah. evidence. Like yeah. the way my brain works, like I need evidence. I need to know. Most people like, do. I think that's why this career is so hard because it's like we really don't have the tangible feedback. It's, right. You yeah. have to, you know, rely in, on what you know and trust yourself and trust yeah. trust that the universe is working in your favor and all yeah. the other things. Okay. So you did this class. You booked this audition. And yeah. you, you, sorry, you got so, this audition. You booked the job. Great. So yeah. So I'm, how, did, how did you then begin rocking and rolling through all of it? How did you know to, where to start? How did you know where to put yourself? on the ethers of the interwebs? How did you know where to reach out? How did you know? Basically, to give you the like streamlined version, 
I, um, so I started doing commercials, uh, cause you know, again, Dorian, my coach introduced me to an agent and we met and she liked me and we hit it off. It was great. I start booking like crazy, like tons of, tons of voiceover, very important fact, non-union commercial voiceover. Cause yeah. I was not SAG at this point. It's great. I'm making good money. I'm booking like a thing a week. I was like, woo, like I'm rooting, I'm tooting, it's happening. And then I, um, I booked a role on Bull on CBS. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I was a must join because that first thing, that OGX commercial, that was also SAG. Did they tap Hartley you for that one? They, they, they I think they did. Yeah. yeah. So then at that point, I was a must join. So it was either, you know, do a role on network television or, you know, but you have to join SAG. And I wanted to join the union like I'm, you know, I and I'm currently a SAG member. I am a proud union actor. But at that time, what I had been told by everyone and which is still true was that a vast majority of voiceover work is non-union currently. Yeah. And that is uh, I'll say it bad. It's bad mm -hmm. because they don't have to pay you as much. They don't have to treat you as well. You don't get money right. towards your health insurance. You don't get residuals like there's all these reasons why that is really disadvantageous for us uh, as actors, because um, there's a reason we yeah. have unions. It is to protect workers. It's not a club. Mm -hmm. It's not a prestige, you know, cool, you know, like a cool club to be part of. Bad, it is yeah. specifically to protect us. So when things are non-union, that's not great. So anyway, so I was like, okay, I have a choice. I got to join the union, you know, and I get things sorted out. I get you know, a new agent who is who I work with now, very happy with them. They only submit for union things. Great. Hooray. Awesome. But I'm getting a lot less auditions because most things yeah. are non-union. And I was like, well, F, you know, on my mm -hmm. shoot, you know, I, I was booking all the time and and I felt like I was getting not rusty, but I just was like, I'm not using everything I have. Yeah. And I just all I want to be is in the room, you know, and I mean, we've talked about this. That's just like if 100%. I could just get in the room. I wouldn't even care if I didn't book anything. Yeah. If I get an audition, that means I get to act that day. And I feel yeah. good about that. I walk out of there and I'm like, I'm glowing, you know, I, I just feel mm -hmm. like bedazzled, you know, I just feel incredible. <laughs> and so I was frustrated and I was also like, and I need to make money. So like, what am I going to yeah. do? And audiobooks was always something I was interested in. Um, I listened to a lot of audiobooks as a kid. My parents are both writers. I went to school and I, I have both an acting degree and an English literature degree. It just made sense. But I had yeah. no idea where to start. And um, so basically what I did was I talked to people I knew who had kind of done audiobooks. And I, um, and I also, I called SAG. I called the union for guidance. And then through a twisted turny tunnel of many different events, I got an audition at Audible, like at Audible headquarters in Newark. Like it was like from someone, your agent or from, from your from someone your at SAG, but it was like through a bunch of like it was like this person right. swears by Helen and Helen swears that she really wants to do this. And, you know, like I kind of had to like prove that I wanted it, you know, and I had to mm. be like, hey, like I really love to read. I really love audiobooks. I really think I'd be good for this. If they would give me a chance, I would really like to go in an audition. So yeah. I proved that I wanted it. I really, I did not take no for an answer, but very respectfully. And, uh, and then they got me an audition to go, you know, go to Audible headquarters. So I took the train, you know, from Penn State. Was it like a general at Audible? Like a general meeting it was with just them? Not even a meeting. Like it was like, we're going to give you some material. You're going to okay. read it like in the studio and then we'll just kind of see what happens. So I got went it. in. I read it. It was some kind of like science book, I think. It was not like dialogue, but I was like, I'm going to make this science interesting. And yeah. um, and I did it. 
And then a guy, I did not clock this at the time, but a guy walked in, you know, into the audition was like, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, we're auditioning this girl. He listened and then he left the room. But I didn't clock that because I was like, and then the science happened. And <laughs> turns out that was like the head producer at Audible. And he was like, "Wow, we want her. Wow. I found out later that he tells students when he's talking to them, you know, like, that was one of the best auditions I'd ever heard. And I wanted her real effing bad. And so I said, she's got to be one of ours now. And I was like, (laughs) Helen. I didn't know that at the time. Like, I had no idea. He told me this, like, years later. Now we're we're friends. He lives in the same neighborhood as me. Like, we see each other around. And he's just the nicest person in the world. And, and I love, I love working with him. And he always, you know, thinks of me like, Hey, I've got like a tiny role in this multicast. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. Whatever, man. And so I'll come down and I'll do it. And it's great. And so that is how it started. I started there. And then basically what I did was I just talked to people a lot, which is, you know, a thing that, I mean, part of why I'm like here on this podcast, or if somebody, you know, someone from Muhlenberg is like, hey, could I take a little bit of your time to talk about voiceover or about whatever? I usually say yes, as long as it's polite, you know, and like, you know, as long as the person is like pretty chill about it or I have some connection to them and, you know, I'll spare some time because that's what I did. Like, I just Mm -hmm. had to kind of not be afraid and be like, if you have any spare time in the next couple of weeks, I would love to buy you a cup of coffee and ask you some questions. Would that be okay? And I think it's always better to be upfront because I... I'll just say I get some weird DMs sometimes from someone who I like, you know, maybe I worked with them like one time or like we went to high school together mm-hmm. or something. And I'm not trying to shade these people at all. But like, I don't like when they'll send me a DM and be like, Helen, what's up? How are you? And I'll be yeah. like, um, I'm good. How are you? I, I see that you you moved to L.A. That's so great. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, doing big things. Big things coming anyway. Um, So, yeah, like New York's good. And I'll be like. Yeah, no, it's good. Like, what are you getting? Like, I know you're getting to the thing. And then they'll be like, so like, could you like tell me like all your secrets for voiceover? Yeah. And that, and then I always feel weird because it feels like they were kind of like trying to like sneak it in, you know, in a weird way. As opposed to leading with the elephant of like, hey, here's the thing. I've admired your career. You know, I don't even need the compliment. Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, hey, I see that you do a lot of voiceover. (laughs) Are you able to like, I would rather a straight shooter, as long as it's respectful, I would just always rather someone just be like, hey, this is a thing I want to do. I want to learn how to do it. I see that you are doing what I want to be doing. Can I have an hour of your time? And I almost always say yes, you know, like almost always, because I'm like, that's what I did. So, you know, like there's a, there's a narrator named uh, Sarah Malo Christensen who was, you know, a mutual friend of a mutual friend through theater stuff. And and she agreed to sit down with me, complete strangers. I didn't know her. Now we're colleagues and we like, you know, we yeah. talk, we see each other around at recording studios, but she sat down with me and I asked her all the questions about like, how do you become a career narrator? Like, how do you do that? And she gave me like, answers that I still will reference like now, you know, like she re- like I wrote. I mean, I'm ready for them whenever you are. <laughs> well, I mean, basically, you know, one of the main things she said was, you know, you got to have a home set up. That is really key because more and more as time goes on, you know, producers are, you know, and it's not necessarily their fault, but like everyone cares about the bottom line. Like publishers are money and making, yes. keeping the money and every, making the money. everybody Correct. is just like the budgets are going down, down, down. The profits yeah. for them are going up, 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 which means that we're in some trouble. But, you know, so they're realizing, oh, 
we don't have to book a studio for all of our talent. We can just make them do it at home. We don't have to pay an engineer to work with them. They can just do that. So they can direct themselves, record themselves, be their own recording studio, and do all of that on their own. And we don't have to pay them more. And they don't. You don't get a kit fee. You don't get an at-home fee. It's the same rate, whatever, you know, whatever it is. So having an at-home setup, really important. Being able to engineer yourself, really important. Um, It's hard when you first start. It is hard when you first start and you're feeling overwhelmed. But once, if you do it a little bit every day, you will get very confident. It will become second nature. But that's like- Let's boil it down. Like, let's really go there, right? So let's say, you know, we we had an episode uh, with Sarah Kapner in season one, all about like getting- We have the same agent and we did a Dunkin' Donuts ad together. (laughs) Yeah, we had her, we had her to talk about voiceover. And obviously there's overlap here. And so, you know, this is also just like some time after that. And so I think the overlap is helpful to hear. Also feel free to go back and listen to that episode. And also obviously we're gearing this more a little bit to audio sure, sure. books, but at the same time, it's all part of the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I would love to go to the nitty gritty of like, I want to get into voiceover generally and yeah. I need to have my home studio space. I think part of, um, you know, a huge point of entry for many people is of course the finances and the investment yeah. in doing it. Yeah. I think that's a huge component. The second part is where do I begin when there's so much equipment yeah. and there's so many options and possibilities yeah. for space. What if it's okay, if I don't have a lot of space, where yeah. can I make the space and how can I make it work? Yeah. So I'm curious to like talk through perhaps different variations of even just like the start of the setup of it yeah, and then we yeah. can go no, I will take from you, there. I'll take you through it. Yeah, let's let's do we'll dig deep. We're we're digging in. Um <laughs> I so and and to be clear too, like I've been doing audiobooks like professionally as like my main source of income and that's been great. I didn't get a booth until like six months ago. Yeah. Like, you know, like some of the biggest titles I've done in a closet. So you don't have to like if I you know, if you take one thing away from this, you do not have to buy thousands of dollars worth of equipment to be a career narrator or to get into voiceover or for any of it. People might try to sell you things and be like, you actually really need this or like, or they'll say the thing, which is a variation of what I said before of like, it's an investment. You have to invest. I agree, but to a point because expensive does not necessarily equal better. And there is mm-hmm. perfectly good equipment where, you know, the margin of difference, you know, between right. a $300 microphone and an $1,000 microphone, there's a difference. I can hear it. I have a trained ear at this point, And I, if I hear two samples, I can tell. But like a year or two ago, I would never yeah. have been able to tell the difference. Most people can't. And, yeah. and the amount of difference is so minute that... You know, and if you don't have those funds now, then don't, you know, don't go into debt, you know, like you want to you want to invest, but do it in a smart way. And so that is something I will talk about, I suppose. Yeah. Right now. Um, Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. So having an at home setup. uh, uh, The ideal is that you have a walk in closet, but we're New Yorkers, so probably not. Um, But, you know, but. If you live somewhere else or if you live in New York and you are blessed with a walk-in closet, mwah, you're there, you're good, like you you can rest easy. If you don't have a walk-in mm-hmm. closet, that's okay. It will just be less of a comfortable space starting out, but that's okay and there are ways to make it comfortable. Yeah. Basically, you want to take your closet, 
Um, there's also other ways to do this, but I've just found that closets get the best sound quality for me, mm-hmm. you know, again. Because well, you're dampening sound already because yeah. you don't have, it's just not as vast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a booth is a closet, basically. You yeah. know, it's just it's just um, having a bunch of stuff that absorbs sound. And also, I want to say, too, up front, everything I'm saying is from my own experience. We know that. But I want ev- everything I say, take a grain of salt. Someone else's experience might be very different, and I would not yeah. want someone to be like, what the hell, you know, it didn't work No, I mean, me. that's why I have people yeah. of various things, like, yeah. you know, experiences like on here, even just to be like, look, there's a breadth yeah, of knowledge there's... out there and take what works and leave what, what doesn't, 100%. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I would recommend very highly, I, and anything I'm recommending, I have no affiliation with, I'm not an influencer mm-hmm. or whatever, <laughs> or a publicist, but these are just things that I, like resources or equipment that I personally have used and really liked. Yeah. Um, so someone I ra- want to recommend really brilliant YouTuber, voice actor, narrator. Um, It's Booth Junkie. So B-O-O-T-H Junkie. Um, And he does all these god dang YouTube videos. I owe him a lot. I really do. I've never talked to him. I don't know him personally. His videos (laughs) are fantastic because he will take you through learning your DAW, which is your digital audio workstation, i.e. just whatever software you use to record. But DAW is like Mm -hmm. the professional word. So there you go. Um, he will teach you how to engineer, how to set up your software the way you want it. He also has a great video, which I used a lot of times because during the pandemic, I had to move like yeah. like three times and I had to make a new space every single time from nothing. And he has these great videos that are like, hey, I'm in a hotel. I have a booking in 10 minutes. Watch me figure how out do I set this up? Yeah. How, how the heck I'm going to do this. And he just, you know, he like shows he's like, I'm putting a pillow here for this reason and here for that. You know, and, and he shows like, you know, the difference of like if I record out here versus if I record in my closet, it's a big difference. And so his videos are really educational. He really takes you through it. Never condescending. Highly recommend. Um, cool. So his videos are great. I used those a lot. And basically, you want to take a closet space or a space with a lot of sound dampening, i.e. carpets, towels, blankets, rugs, pillows, pillows yeah. curtains, anything. jackets, jackets. Yeah. Basically, the the rule of thumb that I use is if it absorbs water, it absorbs sound, and that's good. So if you could take a rubber bouncy ball and you could bounce something off of something, like if you could bounce it off of like you know a hardwood wall, it's going to bounce right back at you, and that's not good. You wanted right. to not bounce at all, you know. So I've got, you know, like foam panels because this is just a door, like a mm-hmm. Home Depot door. Mm-hmm. Um, I this booth is um because there's a lot of prefab, like prefabricated booth companies. Mm-hmm. This booth was built by a friend of a friend who is now my friend, um, and he just he custom builds booths for people, and so Amazing. I was like, me, ne- please, and so he built yeah. me this booth. It's great. It's exactly what I need. And I didn't spend ten thousand dollars on it, so ideal. Yeah. I didn't want to do that, and and it's yeah. and the sound quality is great. And anyway, I could go on fifteen thousand tangents with this, but <laughs> the point is, their closet dampening walls, well, carpets, yes. rugs, all the things. Good. Uh, so when you set up your closet space, do not take the clothes out. Is the point? Because I feel mm-hmm. like you know sometimes I'll do I'll do consultations with people, and I'll you know sometimes it'll be on Zoom, and they'll be like, look, they'll hold their computer up. Look, I cleared the whole space out. Like, yeah. it's it's ready for us to work with. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Can you put, put it all back? <laughs> yeah, you got to put it all back because that's what absorbs the sound. And it's you know, and and if you want to kind of get an idea, it's like 
the difference between the sound in your bathroom versus in your bedroom, because the bathroom is going to have tile and wood and windows and hard floor and, you know, everything's going to echo. That's why you sound great when you sing in the shower, because you're getting a lot of reverb, which is just the sound bouncing off of every surface. Mm -hmm. When you're in your bedroom, you've got a comforter, you've got curtains, you've got a rug, you've got, you know, things on the walls. And so you're not going to hear that same reverberation. You're not going to get that echo yeah. because it's it's dampening. So dampening is good. Um, what about if you have like a really big, I mean, let's say you're like living in luxury in New York and you have a really big <laughs> closet. How would you want to make your space a little bit more intimate? Are you trying to put up panels? Um, are you trying to oh, just yeah. put more of your clothing on the other side of it? Like how are you trying to make your um, space less echoey? Basically – any hard surfaces, try to cover them. So if you have, you know, oh, well, it's going to have walls. So on the walls, you want to put maybe egg crate foam or carpeting. Like this, this is just carpeting that I mm -hmm. got from Home Depot. Very cheap rolls of it. You can just roll it on the walls, yeah. staple gun it in. Um, I have like the moving blankets that. Yeah, you... moving blankets are great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anything, anything that's going to be soft and just you can put it up over the wall. And if you're a renter, that you can easily take down and not lose your security deposit. Um, huh. So yeah, you're just covering any hard surfaces. That includes if you have like a table. Like right now, I have like a lovely desk that I adore, um, and I covered it with fabric. So every every mm -hmm. surface of this desk is totally covered, so that you know my there's no even tiny teeny echo yeah. of my voice bouncing off of it. And yeah. obviously like if you can't reach the ceiling, like don't fucking worry about it. It'll be fine. But you know, but generally, you know, you want to just try to cover any of the, you know, hard spaces, you know, the hard spots yeah. with carpeting or foam, getting panels like, you know, like these are great, but they are not necessary. Like you don't have to mm -hmm. have to, there are other ways to do it. There's other kinds of foam that will, maybe not be, you know, perfectly acoustically treating your space, but they will yeah. do kind of the same thing. And if you are a beginner, you don't have to buy all the expensive crap. Like yeah. I got, I got to having a booth after like years and years and years of doing this. So I, you yeah. know, that I was like, all right. Have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you simply someone who has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles, rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So we meet virtually together, and you share with me who you are as a human, what you love, dislike, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this, don't worry. And then I go off on my own, and I find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I have been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So... If you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistscollective.com slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistscollective.com slash podcast promo. I cannot wait to find you monologues you absolutely adore. 
What about in terms of like the equipment itself, right? So that's another like you can go down a rabbit hole of sure. there's so many options and there's so many things yeah. and where do I start? Um, is it like you get a Blue Yeti to start with and you call it a day or is it like let's invest in a, in a I mean, you know, compression mic? It's and like- funny that you say that because I did start with a Blue Yeti, but it was because a friend gave it to me. He was very nice. He was like, I just use this as a paperweight. I feel like you'll get more use out of it. And I did. Um, yeah. And so here's the thing I'll say. It kind of it depends on where you are financially, like what you are financially able to get, because mm-hmm. I never want to assume, you know, that someone's like not caring about their career because they won't buy the thing that they're supposed to buy. Like, I understand yeah. that everyone's in a different financial situation, yeah. so that it needs to be taken into account. And um, and what you eventually like want, like if this is a career that you're just kind of dabbling in to see if it'll work out, that's one thing. Or if you're like, I'm all in, I want to do this, let's go. You might want to just, you know, skip the line, invest in in the thing, whatever the thing is. I kind of see it in like there's like tiers almost. And so like tier one would be like a Yeti, you know, and the thing about a Yeti mic is engineers are not going to love the sound that you get out of it just because it's not it's not a like XLR hookup. Mm-hmm. It's a USB and here's where we get into the weeds a little bit because I'm not an engineer, even though I engineer for myself every day, but I did not go to school for it. I watched a lot of YouTube and took some online courses. So I don't know everything. I just know that for USB microphones, something about that direct connection to the computer, it just makes the quality of the sound not quite what everyone necessarily wants. And so it's just a little bit degraded in a way that they're not super happy with usually. That being said, half of people can't tell the difference necessarily. But anyway, next up from that um, would be the mic that I used for a good long time, which would be the uh, I used the um, Audio-Technica 4050 numbers. Um, And that was great. I think it's like three hundred dollars. I have an Audio-Technica, too, for my voiceover stuff. I forget which it's a good. It's a great mic. Listen, I recorded Yellowface on that mic. It's a good mic. Like it it has served me very, very well. in the third budget thing, I'm not going to go into it yet because there is a knockoff version of this mic. And um, so Sennheiser is going to get pissed at me, but whatever. It's called it's called the Cinco D2. And it's it's the same thing. It's a long directional microphone mm-hmm. that, you know, that, you know, basically this is a boom mic, but you can use right. it for voiceover. And it's great for voiceover, especially in New York, because it's just picking up this. It's not picking up everything out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cinco D2 and Booth Junkie did a video comparing the two. I can uh, hear the difference, but barely. I mean, they are close. Yeah. That being said, I don't know how the Cinco D2 holds up over time. Like, this is a mic yeah. that's like, you can have it for the rest of your life. Like, it's going to serve you well. But that microphone, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's made worse yeah. or better. Like, I don't know about the internal workings of it. So I don't want to, like, swear yeah. by it. But if you don't have a $1,000 and you only have, I don't know, I think it's like, I think it's like $200 or like $120. Yeah. It's on sale constantly. So that's a great mic. You also want to cool. make sure if you have an XLR microphone that you have cables uh, mm-hmm. and and a um, interface. I use mm-hmm. uh, I use a Focusrite Scarlett Solo. It's just that I it's have, simple. Yeah. It's good. It's, you know, there are better ones, but I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like it works for me and it was inexpensive. Yeah. And like I've, I've really never had a big problem with it. So, you know, whatever, man. Right. Um, what about your like your editing tool? Obviously, we can. I imagine there's tiers for this as well. Oh, sure, yeah. But like, what about like the Garage Band versus like where are we like we're go- like as right. we build up? 
Um, like, is it cool to start with that? How do we, you know, where are we right. at? Well, before I go into it too, I just want to also mention headphones. Um, yes. I use Sony's. They're like $99. They're great. Um, there's other headphones that are great. You just want to make sure they're over ear, but they are not noise canceling. Um, that's right. key. Um, there's other ones like Audio Technica does great headphones, as does, um, I think it's Bayer Dynamic. I might not be saying that right, but they're they're a good company as well. And I like theirs because they have, um, it's very velvety on your ear. Like it's like a yeah. velvet. Anyway, I love those, but I don't, I don't own them. So, you know, sponsor me. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, right. And then, okay. So in uh, software slash DAW, yes. that's, yeah, editing software. Uh, I use Reaper. I really like it. It's shaped like a guitar pick. <laughs> I find it very easy to look at. Like I, I like, and it's very customizable, which a lot of musicians really like that you can, mm -hmm. you can put all the buttons the way you want it to be. You can have like a template. So when you open it, it's exactly the way you want it. You don't have to like, you know, deal with making new tracks or whatever. It's there in front of you. So I really did like you start that. with that. What did I start? I think I started, I started with GarageBand quickly was like, this sucks. And um, I'm really shading things here. I'm really like yeah, like sure. this. I just it wasn't it wasn't what I needed it to be. Uh, and then I went to I start I kind of alternately was doing Twisted Wave and Audacity, and those are okay. good. They are fine. They have everything you need. But I was like, I could probably make this easier for myself. The thing about Reaper, you have to learn it. Like it is like learning a language. Well, that was my question is because like for, you know, I'll speak on behalf of myself. It's yeah. like if I'm not, I, I clearly didn't go and become a technical person in any regard about my career, like for a reason. I mean, like technical in my craft, but like mm -hmm. not in terms of like literal tech, right, like right. that's not where I go to um, shine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the idea of becoming an actual engineer at my home, you know, is not something that I ever, I ever wanted to do. Yeah. And as we were saying, it's somehow in some ways becomes yeah, the minor parts of it are now a necessity. Yeah. If like you're trying to do this at home, not, you know, you don't have to become a full engineer, but like yeah. just like even the basics of it and the idea of like sitting down and watching YouTube videos. I mean, like I will not do that for well, like to learn an entire software system yeah. like you did. So what do I do? <laughs> well, when I, when I had that chat with Sarah Malo Christensen, who I mentioned before, she was like, yeah. you're going to have to have an at-home setup. And I was like, mm, uh, I don't know if I can do that. Cause I'm like you, like I was like, I'm not an engineer. I don't know tech. Mm -hmm. I'm really not a techie person. Like that's just not where my yeah. abilities lie. I was like, I just want to fucking act, you know? I just want to act. Right. I don't want to have to do all these other jobs. Like, oh, you know, and I was really frustrated and cuz I'd only worked at, you know, Audible or like Penguin Random House they bring you in and I was like, oh god, like I was so stressed out. But then the pandemic hit and I was like, well, now I have to learn. Like now yeah. I literally I have to learn and it How was How long did it take you? Well, I'm In still fairness. learning, you know, I really am. Like so, I'm still so learning years. things, <laughs> but well, but April, I'm not judging it. No, I'm just, no, no, no. You know, but like, marking, like, I mean, April of 2020, I recorded a Baskin Robbins voiceover spot, like a TV commercial mm -hmm. in my house using Source Connect using you know reaper or whatever and those were software i had never used in my life i did not know how they worked i was like freaked out but i did it you know so i was conducting professional sessions by yeah. april and we all know it started you know in march so i figured yeah. it out quickly but i yeah. didn't know everything i needed to know so so the like i would say give yourself like a month or two to like get your feet under you and then by then you will have everything you need to like bare bones operate you know, 
So basically, if I'm boiling this down, yeah, yeah, what we're talking about is like get yourself a booth. If we're talking basic booth, we're talking about your closet. Yeah. If we're talking about you don't have the budget for any sort of real foam or any sort of actual booth that's personalized, put all of your clothing back in your closet, put all of your blankets everywhere, make yourself a cozy little fort where you happen to have space and comfort where you can sit and be dampened with all of your sound. Invest yourself in one of the three tiers of the mics. You can always migrate up into the mic lands depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a pair of headphones that are not noise canceling, but have really good um, sound in them that you can connect, get your wiring all sorted out. Make sure you have access to one of the DAW. I use Reaper. Another one that people use, the industry standard is Pro Tools. Audacity is free. It's really good for beginners. That's why I encourage people to download it as like a thing to try out. Yes. So that's good. Great. Yeah. So GarageBand, Audacity, Reaper, any of these other ones, great. And then... um, Source Connect will be something that they will obviously need for you to have when and if you are actually booked and blessed so that they can actually get your stuff from you and it's more of a professional interface for them to do that situation, correct? Oh, and they're Scarlet, your connector. Yes, my interface is a Focusrite Scarlet Solo. I would say though, um, Source Connect, not a requirement as much for audiobooks, much more for commercials. For commercials, you really should have it. For audiobooks, most of what you'll be doing at home, by yourself, no engineer, so you don't need to log into any software. Most things will be shared through whatever the publisher uses, which could be Dropbox, yeah. which could be Box.com, which could be WeTransfer, Google Drive. You know, there's like a million ways to yeah. share files nowadays, and everyone has their own way. So, you know, that's right. that's that. Yeah, or right. if you're lucky, they bring you into the studio, and you don't have to worry about anything. You just act and it's wonderful. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. What about if you are not somebody who I feel like, you know, your story is so impressive and it's also, you know, one of those beautiful anomalies that pr- frankly everybody really has in their own way, but just like you took the class, you got this audition, you booked yeah. the thing and then you also like, you know, got in with, you know, Audible and then that happened to have the guy who happened to walk in and then that like you've had a lot of really beautiful um moments that have um allowed for connections that perhaps other people may not be as privileged to have in their own ways. So yeah. if I am still sitting at home and I'm twiddling my thumbs and I'm hoping for a way for me to be seen, to be heard, to be met, I do not have an agent. Yeah, I do not. Yeah. What What are the sites that I need to be on? What are the um, accounts that I need to have? What are the classes that you have potentially found successful that you've shared with other people? Yeah. Like where are some of those resources? All right. I'm going to try to break it down. Bam. Um, so... <laughs> ACX, great place to start. It is basically the like backstage.com or actors access for audiobooks. You go on, you make a little profile, and then there's auditions. And there's many different kinds, and there's so much to say about this, but I will try not to go into all of it. But you look at auditions, but what's important is you have some samples up there that demonstrate kind of who you are and what you're able to do. And that you look at auditions and you submit yourself for things and make sure that the rate is one that you are willing to work for because there's many different ways that these rates can work and you want to make sure that the rates work for you. PFH means per finished hour. So whatever that number is, it'll be per finished hour of audio, not per hour of work. Very big difference. Very important to note that. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, your samples can be anything. You can record them at home with whatever microphone you have. It does not need to be the highest, highest quality. You just want to make sure that it sounds pretty dang good. It shows off what you're able to do, and it can be any book. Copyright be damned. Have a couple genres. Make sure some are first person. Make some sure some are third person. Maybe throw some accents in there. If there's accents you're good at, and I emphasize this, you had better be good at them. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is don't be like, 
I can do an Irish accent. This is good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have heard it. I have heard every iteration. Don't effing yeah. do it. Like, just don't. If it is an accent, you know you are good at. You've had some training or you've spent time in that country or your mom is from yeah. there or whatever. That's an accent you should have on your reel. Anything else, think long and hard because you need to be able to do 12 hours of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So think hard. <laughs> and um, get your samples up there. Start auditioning. See what's what. My advice, do a short book as your first one because you want to make sure that you are comfortable. And if you commit to a 12-hour book and you've never engineered for yourself before in your life, there will be tears. Um, so yeah. commit to something short, something low stakes, maybe a children's book, like something that's not going to take a million years and that you can kind of experiment with a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. That's a great place to start. Other great things are taking classes. Paul Liberty, uh, Johnny Heller, um, I have some friends who do great coaching as well. And I'll just say, uh, Kimberly Weatherill, incredible coach, wonderful director and lovely human being. I adore her. Uh, Gabra Zachman, actual mentor, incredible lady. Uh, she is like, I mean, the resume goes on for her. She is like such an, an unbelievable career narrator as, as well as Kimberly. And they, uh, they're both wonderful and do kind of different things, but are really, really great people to get one-on-one -on -one coaching with. If that's something that is available to you. Um, the APA is the Audio Publishers Association. You pay for a membership and then they have all kinds of classes and resources, PDFs to print out and like look through of like all kinds of resources. Um, they do tons of seminars and webinars. No matter where you live, you can get really great info. That's a great thing to join. Um, and they do offer scholarships depending on uh, what you, awesome. you know, what thing you might be or might need, you know, financial need, or if you fit in a, you know, marginalized group, ask about scholarships. If it's something you can't afford, they might be able to help you. Narrator's Roadmap, good website, definitely good to look at. And also Dee Bradley Baker is a voice actor who is kind of like the animal noises guy in Hollywood. Like he does every like lion and tiger and monster, yeah. and he's always the one growling into a microphone. He's phenomenal and a really talented guy. And he's got this great website with all sorts of things. I want to be a voice actor.com. So that's a great website too. It's like, Amazing. you know, it can take you whatever stage you're at, whether you are just starting out or if you've done some voiceover, but you really want to go like all the way in really yeah. great websites to check out and to get some oh great info. Yeah. You dropped so much. That was awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs> and now I guess I want to talk in like our little bit of time left. I want to talk about, um, the difference of audio books versus say like a voiceover spot. Like I, we don't need to do a com full comparative because we have, you mm -hmm. know, like it's more just a matter of like, what does it take to do an audio book or what will make me, I don't mean like stand out to be obnoxious about it, but like what allows for an audio book audition to be different than say a regular voiceover sure, audition sure. or like what about audio books? What is the thing? I would say if you are someone who's interested in it and hasn't done it before, Go on Audible, listen to some samples, and like the really important thing, rhythm. Because mm -hmm. for a commercial, everything's like, we need to get a full paragraph into 15 seconds. Can you do it? And you're like, yes. And you're just like, you know, like firing away all yeah. the information and trying to make it clear. Well, also, you know, not sounding too perky, but sounding perky and like all this stuff. This is different. This is like, get comfortable. It's going to be 12 hours, you know? Yeah. Everyone has different opinions on rhythm. I like to go fast. I'm Sonic, baby. Like I, I, you know, you don't want it to be so fast that you can't understand what's going on because that's really important. You don't want to like run away with the listener and they're like, wait, what's going on? But there are a lot of audiobook narrators 
who sort of narrate something like this. And it drives me nuts. And and so you'll see on a lot of um you'll see on a lot of like reviews, people will be like, I listen to this at two times speed. And it's because right, it's slow. exactly. But some people prefer that. And and you know, this it's such a personal preference. It is so mm-hmm. much about like what kind of listening experience you enjoy and want for yourself. So I tend to go fast. I will have engineers be like, could we slow it down? Relax. Like, could we yeah, yeah, slow yeah. it down a notch? You're like, okay, I have somewhere to be, and so do you. Don't you want to get out of here faster? Yeah. I don't well, know. Because I'm because I'm like, let's do it. I'm a machine. Like, I'm like, let's do it. But you know, and also because like I find it so much more engaging if we're like, you know really getting like yeah, you're moving story. through the thing so exactly i like to move and groove not everybody does but listen to some samples and you will start to be like i loved what this lady did i did not love what this lady did like you might be like oh marnie penning is killing it i love how like i love her rhythm she's mm-hmm. fabulous and you might listen to someone else and be like that is so slow or that is so fast i can't keep up with them so you know i'm just dropping my friend's name it's really nice to be able to I be like it. i love all these narrators and that's another thing that's like <laughs> God, I mean, the community is exquisite. Like out of all Mm. the different kinds of actors there are, there are some kind of parts of acting where people are very high strung or not necessarily nice or are very cutthroat and there's a lot of competition. Narrating, it could not be nicer, more welcoming, more kind people. Everybody wants. It's so to funny because in my mind, places. it's like everyone's just like isolated, you know, in your own. Well, little that's booth, why like everybody for twelve hours. Everybody like. <laughs> jumps at the chance to socialize and to be with each yeah. other and to have togetherness because we're all alone all day. So then, you yeah. know, if we get on the internet, I'm part of. You know, Facebook groups are great, and I'm part of one that's like specifically for female career narrators who have been doing it this for a long enough time that they've amassed some kind of a resume. So it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just so that you're not getting people who are like, "What's a microphone?" Um, and it's people and it'll be anything from like, hey, I'm in this weird situation. I'm doing a dual narration and the male narrator is saying some things that are kind of offensive to me. What do I do? How do I email him back? Can I get advice? And people will be like, if you don't know this, this publisher has an HR department or here's what you should say, you know, blah, blah, blah. or did he say anything else? Did he say anything of this kind of thing? If he did, you yeah. can talk to, the, you know, or talk to SAG. They'll help you. So it's this incredible community of people. And like. I've asked so many questions, you know, of things where I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And and some people will just vent, you know, sometimes you'll be like, yeah. I'm frustrated. Does anyone else feel like this sometimes? Does anyone else have this experience? And people will be like, amen, sister, I'm feeling that all the time. And here's yeah. a thing that I found that might help. So it is a really nice community of people. And I and I want to guarantee, but I'm pretty sure that if there's if there's a voice actor in your life who's a narrator who you know, if they have the time and the and the energy and ability, they will do anything they can to help you. Yeah. I also love how yeah. like I feel like, you know, we were talking about this beforehand, just like how you were saying that audiobooks are really a medium that you don't necessarily need to have, you know, all of the prior connections and relationships yeah. to um make it happen for yourself. I'm curious to unpack that a little bit. Sure. Um, What I really love, I mean, there's a million things I love about this career path, but something I really, really love is that you don't really have to have connections. You don't really have to have, you know, like we talk about Nepo babies all the time and it's like a thing, you know, a point of frustration and, you know, rage and, you know, people get, you know, kind of heated about this because, you know, in, in other types of acting, you need that connection. You need someone to introduce you to that agent or you need, you know, someone in your family who is in the business so that they can help you get those opportunities Mm -hmm. and get in the room. For this, if you make an account on ACX, you will audition. You will book something. At some point, you will book something. It might not take very long. 
you know, you know, who knows, but you know, then you have a credit on Audible. Then you can reach out to people, you know, producers and people from all the different publishers, all the different production companies, you know, like all different producers. And you can be like, hey, I did this book. Look how great it sounds. This is, you know, I, your roster is one I would really love to be part of. If you're looking for, you know, voices like mine, I, I, you know, I'd be happy to send you some samples, like, you know, whatever. And you introduce yourself. And then most of the time they're looking for more people. You know, it, it obviously, you know, after you've done one book, you might not want to be like, hey, big five publishers. That would be like, you know, Penguin Random House, Macmillan, Hachette, you know, like all of those big names. You wouldn't want to be like, hey, I've done one audiobook. Yeah. What's up? Like, hire me. But there are other there are so many different, you know, people who produce audio. And if you are a member of the APA, they have like lists of people who are like, you know, like places that create audiobooks and need narrators. And you can reach out to those places and those contacts. Um, and you can make those connections on your own. You are your own agent and it rules because you're your only client. So you, you know, you are looking out for yourself and doing what's best for you and you are advocating for yourself. You know, when I'm negotiating rates, I'm deciding what I want my rate to be. And I'm saying, you know, hey, is there room in the budget for a little bit more? So, so your voiceover right agent job. has no say on your audiobook I my agents credits? will um occasionally they'll get an audiobook audition mm -hmm. rarely but occasionally they will and I will audition through those with them but anything else in my audiobook career that's on me baby but they don't even negotiate for you like none of that they're not affiliated I, really with anything that I, you accrue on your own if I asked them to I'm sure that like like there's yeah. one agent who I like it's a big agency there's lots of different people but there's one agent who you know we just we mesh we're cool and I think if I asked her for that favor of like hey I'm trying to figure this out she would but that just doesn't tend to be how it is you know yeah. I it just seems to be like they would rather just deal with you because you know your agents at five o'clock you know, they're out and they have other clients to deal with. So they might not hear for a few days. And if it's a rush job for an audiobook, like they need to know like ASAP. Mm -hmm. So they would much rather communicate directly with me and we can iron it out ourselves than than have to go yeah. through someone in between. So there are there are positive things and negative things about that. But yeah, I for this in particular, I really like it because there's not all the you know, if it like for commercials, you have to deal with like, you know, usage and all of these different complicated contract things. And, you know, like, will it, you know, what will it be used internationally? Will it be used in the United States? How long will it be used for? What type of contract is it? That's all stuff that I'm very grateful. I have agents who can negotiate and figure things out for me and read those yeah. contracts and all that. For audiobooks, it's, it's much simpler. It's just like, hey, do you want to do the audiobook? We will own the audiobook. We will put it on Audible. You will make this amount of money. We predict the book will be, you know, this length. Does that sound good? And you go, yeah. <laughs> or you say, hey, like, yeah. you know, seeing as this is a rush job, is there room in the budget for a little bit more for for my rate? I would I was thinking something in this realm. And either they'll yeah. write back like, sure, yeah, whatever. Or they'll be like, unfortunately, this book does have a set budget. Let us know either way. And this isn't the kind of thing that you could be like, you know, with Yellowface, for example, you it really blew up and garnered a lot of incredible attention and has made lists all over the place. Um, it's not one of those things that like, you know, you would have with say, you know, a network television TV show where you're making residuals, right? It's just like flat no, rate. It doesn't really yeah. matter how successful it is. Yeah. That's the one thing about audiobooks that I think, you know, 
if the workers can rise up, <laughs> yeah. that is something yeah. that I, you know, I personally believe really ought to change. We really deserve a yeah. slice of that pie, you know, like yeah. there. Well, if you're the person that people are listening to and therefore the book is going onto the top charts of, you yeah. know, top sellers. And we wouldn't even it, be asking did... for that much, you know, it would be similar Correct. to the TV strike that just happened. It would be like, we yeah. are looking for like 0.01%. Yeah. Because honestly, for like, you know, for a book like Yellowface or something like that, if I were making residuals from that. Yeah, you'd be totally. You'd, perhaps you'd be this pretty. madame could live in a nice big house, you know, like it would be a different world. And, yeah. you know, and I know that that is a fight that, you know, there's a million complications of why that hasn't happened yet and why that is not something that SAG has, you know, necessarily fought for yet. I don't know all the ins and outs and I'm not going to pretend that I've been at a bargaining table. So I don't want to. Yeah. You know, I don't want to make any assumptions, but when I talk to my fellow narrators, I know that that is something that we all would benefit from so, 100%. so hugely, 100%. especially because most 100%. of us are depending on our narration work for health insurance. And, you know, yeah. like that's important. So, yeah. you know, that's some. So, yeah, no residuals. But this is one of the things where, you know, <laughs> you know, when you audition for like a short film by some guy and he's like exposure you'll get exposure and you're yeah. like Great. for this <laughs> if it's something like yellow face i got it's some really exposure helpful. it's true it was really helpful that was a really big career mm -hmm. moment lots of people listened i got lots of you know people listening and then reaching out and being like what else have you done and stuff like that mm -hmm. and you know and it like it won an award you know it made a lot of lists mm -hmm. like that really does make a difference because then what you can do is you can write down all those wonderful things that happened into an email and you can write to, to producers who you've worked with and producers you haven't worked with and be like, hey, here's some, I hate to call it this, but leverage. But, you yeah. know, like here is. Yeah, that's how this, proof. I mean, that's how it all works. You it's know, total proof of concept. Yeah, you exactly. have. Yeah, you that's need what, like, like I was talking real. about. Yeah, like I was talking about evidence before, like that is cold, hard evidence of like yeah. people are listening to this book. People are liking this book. And I can generate that from what I did. You know, people yeah. will listen to this book for me, maybe. You know, it's yeah. like, like because that's part of it. The narrator the, or the narrator is part of it, that people will be like, 100%. oh, I see that Julia Whalen is doing the new Kristen Hanna book. I've never read Kristen Hanna before, but I love Julia Whalen. Let yeah. me check it out. You know, so like 100%. we we have pull, you know, we have some power here. And so, yeah. you know, and so like, I've noticed a big, you know, like things shift has shifted in my career Yay, as I've gone on yeah. because now, you know, like I've gotten bigger and bigger titles for bigger and bigger names and Amazing. publishers and authors. And, you know, now like yes. there are more. Yeah, you're, yes. But, you know, I'm there's more you. direct offers now. You know, it's That's not awesome. just me knocking on doors. Now people are knocking on my door and saying, hey, well, you are put you in available? The you know, exactly. You've put in the time, you put in the energy, you've gained the proof of concept, you have the reviews to show for it, which is silly because you were good beforehand, but it's just like, well, you know, now you have all the, the proof for it. Um, about making and, people believe in you the way you believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. And, exactly. You know, it's like, I, yeah. I've definitely had things happen where I, you know, there might've been a casting director, an agent, a, you know, a producer who, you know, on whatever side of acting things was not interested in me at all. And then the right person recommended me or I got the big credit or whatever it was. And then they were like, please work with me, literally. Yeah. And nothing else changed. And I was yeah. just like, 
I know. You and know. you're just like, yes. <laughs> As we begin to wind down our time, yes. is there anything that I didn't ask you that you're like, you'd be remiss not to mention about the audiobook land? Oh. Um, <laughs> um, I will say it's hard work. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's really hard work, but it's incredibly fulfilling. And if you are able to put in the time and like the investment needed, which, you know, again, that can be on a sliding scale, depending on what your situation is, you can create a career that provides you with health insurance, that provides you with enough to live in a semi-comfortable way. You can support a family as a narrator, depending on how you live. You know, you might not be going to Europe every month, but you can support a family on, you know, by being a narrator. And you get to act every single day. So it is an incredible career path with a lot of work involved. But I really feel so deeply and strongly that it is so incredibly worth the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For anybody who wants to work with you, anybody who wants to reach out kindly and be direct in their potential (laughs) and respectful, (laughs) if they want to listen to things that you've done, like where in the ether can people find you and reach out within your boundaries? Yeah. Um, Oh, that's a lovely way to put that. You are experienced and cleverly smart. Um, I would say uh, probably the best thing would be just to go on my website because that's easy. It's my name, H-E-L-E-N-L-A-S-E-R.com. And I've got a little contact thing. So if you want to say something to me make it nice and email me (laughs) (laughs) i love it i'm i i feel like i could talk to you in so many more details about so much more about this so this was just the sample platter exactly we love a charcuterie board um and this is you know the beginning of just like the touches for this you know and i think it's really important to dispel a little bit of the myths around it and give people some resources and tools of like where to start and where to look and i feel yeah. like you dropped so many of those in the midst of this whole conversation and you know i think it's just really great to hear someone like yourself who's put in the time and the work and the energy and um, trusted the process yeah. and also showed up for the process consistently to see that it does work and that, yeah. yes, did it happen overnight? Maybe not, but has it happened over time in a way that it's supposed to? And now you have so much to quote unquote prove for it, which again means nothing because you've been doing it really well the whole time, but sure, from an external <laughs> perspective, then great. But like, I think all of this is really helpful to be hearing, to remember that it is possible, especially if somebody really has a desire for it and it doesn't have to feel like this nebulous thing. So even yeah. if it's just like looking at your closet and putting some clothes in there again, just to like be inspired by the fact that now there's a little bit more dampening. And then the next day you find yeah. a simple little rug and you put it on the ground. And the next day you find a cute little blanket yeah. and put on the wall. And the next and it just becomes slow and slow and slow. It's, it's still possible. It is absolutely yeah. a process for sure. Yeah. And I will say so, too that like you just have to not be daunted and not be afraid to ask for help, whether it's from your union yeah. or people you know. Don't be daunted. Believe in yourself. Go and look at those tutorials. And if you need a person, at like ask people. People are willing to talk. Yeah. People are willing to yeah. to chat with you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I adore you. Thank you for being in this space with me. You're an absolute hoot. And you're just I, I I'm curious just as like a final thought, like what hat were you wearing during this conversation? Like visually. Visually. Did it feel oh, like Oh, what hat was it? Um, well, I guess it was my narrator's hat. So I'll just say it was like a a beautiful top hat printed with beautiful books and a big feather made yeah. out of pages. And I'm going like yes. this. Yes. And after this, yes. I'm going to continue to narrate a crazy romance. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> insane, spicy old <Obsessed>. romance. 
upset. <laughs> I'll tell upset. you more about it, but it's a little too explicit to discuss on this podcast. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> to be continued, yo. I adore you, my dear. It's so Thank good you to again. see you. If something in this episode resonated with you, and more importantly, if this podcast means something to you, it would mean the most to us if you would leave us a positive review. This means the most in podcast land and allows us to continue creating these episodes for you weekly. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective, more on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. If you are seeking some fun, cute merchandise, we have that link for you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back, and we will be back again next season. Until then.